0: And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Man, we are saving people money left and right over at SaveWithConrad.com. But don't take my word for it. Check out ConradReviews.com. Here's what you'll find over there a five star review from Joseph in Alexandria, Virginia. He says, once again, Conrad and his team hit a home run. Jimmy, as always, kept in constant communication during the whole process, gave us options, and made the process smooth and easy. Who knew listening to a wrestling podcast would help me out financially? And here's another five-star review from Ian F. in Pottstown, PA. Always fast to respond to any questions I had, and boy, did I have a lot. Thankfully they cut two years off all mortgage and saved $80,000 over the life of the loan, $80,000. Are you kidding me? He's a wrestling fan who listens to this podcast, just like you and his family and his family gets to keep an extra $80,000. Now, without calling savewithconrad.com, they would have worked for that money, pay taxes on it, and then just given it away. Don't do that. Keep more of your own money. Hurry to save with Conrad.com. And I'm talking to you. If you're in a 30 year loan. If you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It really is a matter of how much. Rates are at near historic lows, and there's never been a better time to refinance than right now. Your house is worth more than ever. You have more equity than ever before. And what does that represent to you? The biggest opportunity to change your life financially once and for all. You get the best rate you've ever had on a mortgage. You can get rid of all your credit card debt, saving five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And here's the deal guys. Once you owe this money, it's up to you how you pay it back. Doesn't it make sense to pay it back at the cheapest rate possible and the greatest tax deduction possible? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity and you need to take advantage of it. You can even pull some cash out to do some remodeling around the house. What if some of that equity you've got, you used to put a pool in the back or maybe add a new office or even better, a man cave. Come get you some of that it sounds too good to be true but we can do it for you too right now and again you don't need perfect credit you don't need money out of your pocket and if we can't save you some cash we won't waste your time punch it in at savewithconrad.com NMLS number 65084 equal housing lender oh and did i mention no house payments for two months check it out find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com So a lot of us have been through this, you know, finding that person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great, but you hate all the pressure of what's next. Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure from actually shopping for a ring, hassle, haggling, finding a store to trust, trying to figure out the four C's, discounts, sales, coupons, styles, and all the other nonsense. But at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged. And that's why guys really hate Steven singer. He takes away every excuse in the book about not buying the ring and he makes it so easy. I hate Steven singer. Steven singer is a Philly jeweler that has been making it so easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ringer gift at the perfect price. There's no call center, there's no sales, there's no haggling, there's no coupon codes, there's no discounts, just the best price possible, guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check Steven out at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. And by the way, they're open now. You don't need an appointment. Just stop by. Or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Always with fast and free shipping. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Or if you're in the area, go check him out anytime at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. As for me here in Alabama, I'm going to check out IHateStevenSinger.com. And you should too. Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. Eric, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm as patriotic as
1: a human being can be right now, man. It's 4th of July weekend as we're recording this. It is just awesome. I'm having a blast. And, you know, I always say this, you know, it's like, well, Thanksgiving is my favorite, you know, holiday. Well, no, Christmas is my favorite holiday. But 4th of July is just awesome. It is. It's Mrs. B's birthday. It's Independence Day, it's a family reunion, it's a friend of ours from Wisconsin who's here, uh, he and his wife, they got married here on the 4th of July, about six years ago, uh, on the 4th. So it's just one big celebration, man. And I'm, I'm going to warn everybody, just like I warned you before you hit record. I'm, uh, it's full disclosure, man, I'm a transparent mucker father. <laughs> Normally when we record, it's like six in the morning, seven in the morning, eight in the morning. I get up, I pound my coffee. I have my special <clears throat> tea and I am just wired and ready to go. Being this, this is a special weekend. I've got a brisket. No yeah. One, on smoking. the rec
0: tech, baby.
1: On my rec tech. I got, it's been on for about four hours and 30 minutes. I got about another four hours to go, and I'm doing one beer an hour. So I'm about four and a half beers into an eight-hour trip. So if I'm not as freaking witty as I normally am, and I know that you've all just become so accustomed to my wit, my banter, and my sense of humor, as well as my incredible insight and intellect. If I don't have it this week, nah, fuck it. It's the 4th of July. I don't care.
0: That's the spirit. And by the way, I believe as this episode is airing today, it's uh Mrs. B's 39th birthday again, right? She's turning 39. Yeah, well, tonight. she was
1: yeah, she was born on the fourth of July, nineteen sixty-one. So, yep, it's a big day for her. It was a big day. She hasn't changed a bit since I met her when she was twenty-one. And she looked so young when she was twenty-one, and actually she she was pregnant at twenty-two. <laughs> Imagine that. Um I used to walk through the mall with Mrs. B and she looked like she was 14 when she was pregnant. And the looks that I used to get, even after we were married, it was like people wanted to slap handcuffs on me and take me away. But yeah, she looks just as great as she did back then. And we're having a blast. Our daughter, Montana, came in from L.A. Everything's good, man.
0: Well, we are, uh, we're enjoying revisiting all things NWO from 1996. And we're going to do something a little different. Of course, last week we watched Hulk Hogan turn his back on WCW and his Hulk And now we're going to watch the Monday nitro from the very next day.
1: Because well, this I'm, will be fun. I didn't, I didn't know we were doing this. This will be awesome.
0: I, th- I think the, the idea of a follow-up because that's usually what we do. Right. So a few weeks ago we watched The go home edition of nitro getting ready. Here's
1: the cool part. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting more than I usually do because I interrupt anyway, but now I'm drinking, so I'm I'm a complete obnoxious piece of shit. However, I have not seen this episode ever. Wow. I never thought to even go back and watch it, but it had to be an amazing show. I can't wait to go through this with you.
0: So if you haven't already fire up your network, watch along with us. I love that Eric's fired up about it. It's one hour, 32 minutes and 10 seconds. It went down on July 8th, 1996. Now we all hate Peacock Network. That's not fair. We're frustrated with the way it's labeled and categorized, right? It's season two, episode 26. That's a little silly, but it does make it easier for you to find. Season two, episode 26, July 8th, 1996. And I'm going to give you a countdown or I say three, two, one, play. And when I say play, you'll press play. Eric, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yes, sir.
1: Here we go. Wait,
0: three. Two, one play love this open. I do too. That open never
1: gets old. It never does. It never ages. Unlike the rest of us, you're a mere 40 years old. You just had your birthday last week. I have shoes and jeans older than you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we are. We're at Disney. Yeah. Let's add some context to why we're here too. remember this is 1996. So you're here out of necessity because the Olympics are happening in Atlanta. And uh, a lot of the Turner people are all hands on deck. So I think as the rumor and innuendo goes is you've had to scramble for not only a location, but staff equipment, because Turner is all hands on deck back in Atlanta, right?
1: Yeah. And it wasn't just Turner, you know, with the Olympics in Atlanta, every freelancer, because a lot of what we did in, at nitro, uh, in this era, especially we used a lot of, um, Turner sports employees, um, or talent or
0: freelancers that were contracted to Eric. Let's pause for one second. I want to come back. I want to listen.
2: It was disbelief, Larry. And I can tell you right now, later on in this television program, in the second hour Words cannot describe what happened last night, but the pictures will. We will show you exactly what Hulk Hogan did to World Championship Wrestling and all the fans worldwide, Larry. You know, there was one adjective you left out.
3: It was the word disgusting. I'm disgusted. It was an act of total unmanliness that I'm never going to waste my time commenting
2: on right now. Well, we'll be talking about it during the course of the program. And remember in the second hour, the pictures will tell the story of what Hulk Hogan did last night. We began the program last night in great fashion as we had Ray Mysterio.
0: So they're previewing or recapping what we did the night before, which we just watched last week, the, the, uh, bash of the beach episode, but I love the tease of in the second hour. We're going to show you pictures and we're seeing some screen grabs from the night prior, this was sort of the way you promoted pay-per-view back then. As a reminder, you would have the original run, the first run, the live show on Sunday, then you have Monday nitro to sort of recap what happened last night. But even though it was small in comparison, you still had a very profitable Tuesday when you did a replay for the pay-per-view systems, right?
1: Yeah, we did. And also. Uh, we were contractually, we had a window, I think, of ten days before we could show actual footage. Right, we may have had, um, there may have been a caveat in that agreement that said you could show up to, you know, five seconds of footage as long as you don't show a finish and things like that. So, so there were language, uh, there was language in the agreements with our pay per view providers that prevented us from showing, you know, entire matches or even finishes of matches for a while. So it was number one, it's a great tease, right? You, you have to have your pay-per-views have to have value. You have to, you know, protect the value of those pay-per-views. And if you, you know, show video right away, 24 hours later, it doesn't help that. So yeah, we, we used uh, nitro to tease, not only the replay, but to tease what we were going to talk about in the second half of the show, because we wanted to hold our audience.
0: Birthdays, holidays, promotions, getting that last sprinkle donut. There's a lot in this world worth celebrating, but nothing is worth celebrating more than knowledge, especially knowledge that will pay off, like understanding how compound interest works, knowing how to check your investment professional's background, or figuring out your risk tolerance, or finally understanding all of those terms your friends keep throwing around, like ETF, ESG, and ICO. Learn about these investment products and more at investor.gov your unbiased resource for your valuable investment information, tools, and tips before you invest investor.gov. Yeah. And it is really smart to say, Hey, we're going to show you in the second hour. Let's get these folks to stick around. Um, and it is an interesting look at what we're seeing here. It's an outdoor show, uh, here in, uh, Orlando. But, and we see Dean Malenko making his way to the ring right now. He's going to be taking on Ray Mysterio. Who's already in the ring. Uh, I, uh, actually previewed this show earlier in the week because I, and I think I've admitted to this before here on the show was not watching wrestling when this happened. So I had gone back and watched bash at the beach, but I too had never seen this show until this week. Uh, of course I've, I was reading all the observer stuff and caught up on all that years ago, but I didn't go back week by week and watch the nitros that I missed. And this would be one of them. So imagine my surprise just last week when we were talking about, you know, that opening match, how much I loved Ray and, uh, and Dean. And now we're treated to it the very next week. One of the, uh, the real strengths, the real pillars of Monday Nitro, this cruiserweight division.
1: It is. And I want to, you know, backtrack just a little bit to the opening of this. Uh, yes. podcast. Um, not only were Turner broadcasting, um, freelancers and, you know, cameramen, audio, all the people that were under contract with Turner sports, Not only were they not available, every freelance sports producer in the country or um, production assistant or crew member, they were all booked. So we had to find somewhere we could shoot Nitro that was kind of self-contained. And Nitro had, excuse me, Disney MGM uh, Studios had enough camera production, editors, producers, and everything else we needed that we didn't really need any freelancers for this particular show. So we were here out of necessity, but what a landmark show this ended up being, we're, we're going to have fun talking about this one. I completely forgot. This was the night after bash at the beach.
0: What what's fun is we've got a lot of these nitros scheduled in our watch along, um, docket, if you will, we're going to watch the following week from June 15th in two weeks. Uh, or at least that's our loose plan now. And then we'll watch a couple front one from August and one from, uh, or maybe even three from September because so much crazy stuff happens in September. We're going to talk about DiBiase joining the NWO. We're going to talk about the giant joining the NWO. We're going to have Waltman join the NWO as the sixth member. We got the glacier debut. We got the fake sting. I mean, there's a lot of really fun stuff that's going to happen and we're going to round out a really fun year here in WCW. And you see Ray Mysterio here putting on a show already with Dean Malenko. Talk to me about the, the Disney partnership. So we've established that, you know, Kurt angle is about to win a gold medal, uh, in, in Atlanta and the, the Olympics are in Atlanta and that's Turner town. So all hands on deck there for Turner sports and, and the coverage there. And now you guys are trying to rent equipment and find employees and hire folks by the day and you're putting together a show, but it, it it's clearly not a priority for Turner, but it's literally the night after the biggest thing that's ever happened in WCW, it's gotta be kind of weird, huh? Uh,
1: you know, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't when you, you, if you allow yourself to take things personally, then yeah, you would be offended that Turner wasn't more interested in supporting WCW, um, and, and making sure we had a dedicated team of freelancers that already understood our product and all that, if you were you know, taking it personally, but business is business, you know, in Turner broadcasting was very invested in the Olympics and it is, you know, it is what it is. You have to make adjustments and that's the way the world works. When you're in television, you get preempted. There are challenges that you have to face. Tony Khan is going through it now in AEW or has been, you know, with, with the NBA playoffs, Vince McMahon used to go through it You know, with the Westminster dog show. You know, there's always things that, although you don't like to hear it, take priority for whatever reason over your product. And you can either bitch and whine about it or make the adjustment. We did what we had to do.
0: What do you remember about, uh, the way this whole Disney deal comes together? I mean, obviously you had done a lot of tapings inside where, where is this set set up? How does that come together? Did you? work hand in hand with somebody, or would that have been something that you would have had Crockett or somebody else do?
1: Uh, David and I both, I would say primarily David was David Crockett was the lead on it, but you know, keep in mind, we'd been producing at Disney MGM studios at this point for almost two years, or maybe a little over two years. You know, when we first went into Disney MGM studios, I think I've told the story here before. If not, um, they, you know, we got in the door through a Super guy by the name of Bob Allen, who you know had the vision. Young guy, loved wrestling, was kind of the head of Disney MGM Studios at the time. Um, he got us in the door and helped us navigate the executive, you know, firing squad that I have to face in order to get permission to shoot wrestling there. Because the, the folks at Disney were not in, not excited about professional wrestling, on a lot because it just not that they didn't like professional wrestling. I think, but it just didn't fit the Disney brand. It wasn't thematic at all. You know, big guys beating each other up didn't have any connective tissue to Mickey and Minnie and the little kids that came to the park. So it was a bit of a sell, but we managed that. We managed that relationship in large part thanks to David Crockett and and the rest of the team. It wasn't just David, but everybody that was critical to the effort managed the relationship with Disney really well. So when we got into a bind in 1996, after having built that relationship over a couple of years, because keep in mind, when we first went to Disney MGM studios, I had to bring the wrestlers in to the park on a bus with the windows covered because the management at Disney said, okay, we're going to let you shoot your show inside of the soundstage because it's closed off to the park, right? Only people that know it's wrestling are going to see it. So they're not going to be surprised but you have to bring all the talent in on a bus with the windows covered. And the talent is not allowed to wander off into the park unless they're in their street clothes and off duty, so to speak. So we went from that to, oh, and by the way, another little caveat to that deal. We couldn't shoot any kind of vignettes or any kind of interviews, interviews or promos with any identifiable, you know, trademarks at Disney MGM. So we couldn't like have an interview with Minnie mouse, for example, you know, or shoot outside of magic kingdom. We couldn't do that. We had to, everything we did had to be confined to the inside of the sound stage. Well, that was in 94 by 96, we could do anything we wanted to anywhere in the park. And that was largely because of a, a great job in management, managing the relationship by David Crockett, Craig Leathers and, and others.
0: It's uh, it's so fun to go back and watch this show because I'm such a big fan of these guys individually and I can't help, but notice little stuff like these nitro, uh, mats around the ring. So they're gray, but they've got like flames coming up from the base or the edge of the mats. We recently did a watch along episode of the very first TNA pay-per-view from here in Huntsville and Jeff Jarrett told me that those mats on the floor Around the ring at the very first TNA show were these same Nitro mats just flipped upside down.
1: Well, there you go. They saved a buck or two. It's amazing to me though. They could buy a twelve. They could buy a twelve piece bucket of chicken instead of a nine piece. Awesome.
0: <laughs> it just tickles me. The little wait a minute. What? How did a WCW mat wind up at a TNA show? But as with everything else. Uh, one of the boys sold it. So shout out to Jody Hamilton for selling the nitro mats to the chairs. <laughs>
1: Isn't it amazing? Just amazing. And if Jody oh, Hamilton totally. would, have, would oh. have had the foresight to know how collectible things are, he could have cut those things up. It, see, as we see Dean is laying on one section of a mat right now. Yeah. Just imagine if he would have cut those mats into sections and have everybody on the show autograph it yeah. spray paint, you know, on it. They, I mean, Jody, you you, you you could be living on the beach somewhere in Waikiki right now.
0: I just can't help but think if you were really focused on pillaging and plundering WCW, like the narrative says you, you were, you'd have had all that shit autographed and warehoused and you'd have brought it I out. I didn't
1: even think of it.
0: No, I mean, it just
1: didn't even occur to me. And I'm not a, you know, I'm not a pillager and a plunderer. It's not my, it's not my MO as you can see behind me. I don't, I don't. You know, I've got a picture of Muhammad Ali up uh, over my um, right-hand shoulder. Um, I've got some rodeo posters, a couple bags. That's it, man. I've got no WCW stuff up there. I I do have a WWE Hall of Fame plaque up there, but you can't hardly see it. But other than that, I don't have any WCW memorabilia. I never even thought about stealing anything and selling it. Look at this.
0: Off the top rope. Unbelievable. My God, what a move, go out of your way Look to watch Dean, this boys and girls. Dean is hardly
1: breathing. He's, he's as relaxed now as he was, as he was making his entrance. That's a performer. Look at that. Dean Malenko, Nick Patrick, the spawn of Jody Hamilton who stole the ring mats and sold them to Jeff Jarrett for a bucket of chicken and a six pack <laughs> Mountain
0: Dew. We're starting hour six of the brisket boys and girls. If you're keeping score at home, did you hear that beer pop? <laughs> I did. And I saw, I saw that? those fans pop. There Unbelievably Ray Mysterio is your new cruiserweight champion. What a moment. Let's track some.
2: Malenko pulled him up. I didn't look at it Malenko's head, Tony. This is our Pet Boys power pin of the week on Nitro. Look at right heavy Malenko was ahead on points, but Rey Mysterio Jr. hooked him up, caught him off best. Look where he pulls the ankles, brings all the
1: weight above the shoulders.
0: Man, that was a solid pin after the hurricane rana.
1: You know, that was a solid pin, but that was also some really, really good announcing yes. by Larry
2: and Tony. Trade pros, whether you specialize in service or new construction, Ferguson knows firsthand how much work goes into a long day on the job, which is why we're committed to offering the products and solutions to get every job done right. With over a 1,000 locations, an unmatched selection of specialty products, tools, and supplies, our pro pickup and same-or-next-day delivery, you can trust that doing business with Ferguson will be the easiest part of your hard day's work. Visit ferguson.com to find a counter location
0: near you. Here's Mean Gene talking to the Nasty Boys and the Steiners. I'll see what they got to say.
4: They're going to be locking up the winners, by the way, on August the 10th, the next WCW pay-per-view, Hog Wild. One of these teams will be meeting the Harlem Heat for the WCW Tag Team Title. Scott.
5: You know, Mean Gene, I can't agree with the way Harlem Heat won the belts or how they beat us last week when Colonel Parkland my brother in the head with the cane. Didn't hurt. But if we had to face the Nasty Boys tonight.
1: Get to your see you, hey! Shut up, oh, fancy, players, I can't
5: oh, say I like the oh, way, way you guys act. Me. I can't say agree the way you guys look, but I do respect your wrestling ability. You guys been champion before, so have we. Tonight, we're gonna see who the better team is. Hey, hey! I don't care, and Nobbs don't care about your stinking problems with the Harlem Heat. All I care about is me and Nobbs winning that match tonight. And who's going to get that title shot? you been down Nasty Boulevard before. You walked it. You know what it's about. I know you can fight, and we ain't backing down. That ain't an interview out there. It's Nastyville. Hope you're ready, punk. Yeah, I keep talking. I'm not your other I don't th- think it's Nastyville. Come <laughs> down to the door, pound. and get down where it gets real nasty, boy. You see, my nose is to the ground. I smell him! I smell the heat! I'm coming after you, boys! I got you! Nasty boys, you're getting away! It's just something really gonna be personal! All I know! All I know is they're in for one hell of a match! Because us guys getting together, it's gonna be. Fourth of July, Ooh. all over again. Well, we respect you. Look. You respect us. No decision. decision.
4: Why <laughs> do you get out of mess, pool, mess yeah. like this. These four men are going to be meeting later go. on here when WCW Monday Nitro continues on TNT. Yeah.
0: You know, people say sometimes I hate that everything in wrestling is so scripted. And then we see a promo like that, and I'm like, you know, a little scripting never hurt nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit, maybe a little.
1: You know what? You know, it's funny. You were thinking that because I was kind of thinking the opposite. I, I miss that kind of in the interview, even though it was a train wreck in many respects, but God, that's kind of a guilty pleasure, man. Oh no, I,
0: I love it. But I just know it would be spoofed and mocked if it aired today, but no, I'm with you. I like it when it's not great. It's, it's still kind of fun. And by the way. That's
1: what, but see, like you said, no, it would be smooth. It would be mocked. The internet was shit all over it. Dave Meltzer would give it less than one star. It would be the blah, 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 fucking blah. But guess what? That is real alternative television. I agree. It's not smooth. It's not clean. Shit doesn't fucking rhyme. It doesn't sound like a jingle or a, or a hip hop song. It just fucking, it's, it's like a collage of stupidity, but it's fun. And every once in a while, that's just great alternative entertainment. It doesn't always have to be so slick and greasy that it feels like it's perfect. I miss those, man. And You know who I really miss out of that whole group? The mean most? Gene. Well, yeah, Mean Gene. I, but I wasn't really tight with Gene. You were I tight with Rick Steiner, though. I miss Rick Steiner a lot. Rick Steiner was and probably still is one of the most fun people to hang out. With he's so understated, but yet so entertaining and fun and just a nice guy. Check now, what come on, Conrad, do me a favor and explain this, not explain it, but describe it. You all right, can't so explain it. Nobody can explain. So
0: Jimmy it, Hart's come into the uh, ring with a, a tuxedo with tails. That's fully airbrushed. And behind him was big Bubba. Big Bubba has at least taken off all of his rings. Uh, and I think he's taking off his goofy earring, but he does have a motorcycle helmet on and leather pants. And behind him is Hugh Morris, who's got a high and tight haircut, but a ponytail. Uh, so he's like a samurai. Maybe that's like a like a samurai mullet. Maybe that's what we call it.
1: <laughs> samurai mullet. You know, it's funny. I I wish I had this so I could put it up to the screen and show you. But on the Sturgis trip, which is coming up in you know in this timeline. Um, next month, 1996, I've got a picture of it. It's it's Rick Steiner, Ray trailer, Medusa, like three or four other people. that got lost on our way to Sturgis and they had to get gas in the middle of nowhere. They weren't paying attention. So they got lost, separated from the group and they were all bent over with their thumbs up their ass. And somebody took a picture of it. I think it was Alice Edwards, who was still at WWE and, uh, I have it framed and, and it's up on my wall somewhere.
0: In this so you have a picture of big boss man with his thumb up his ass. I don't know that I yeah, want to see Yeah,
1: Medusa that. too, right now. Well, <laughs> I should have her side now. We could probably make some money off that counter. We could turn that into an NFT.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, so we're seeing some, uh, some steals from the night before trying to catch you up about that Carson city, silver dollar nonsense. Probably not the last time Jimmy Hart's been on a poll. Um, I do want to mention too, this, uh, this crowd being outdoors is something you and I haven't talked about. Did you have like a backup plan? Like what if it starts pissing rain? No, we were fucked. We were fucked. And what people, I mean, you
1: know, this kind of, right. Cause you live in the South and people that, you know, are familiar with that part of the country in the Southeast knows that in the summertime, it gets hot during the day and the sun's shining. But all that moisture by around 435 o'clock ends up in the atmosphere and the water's a little colder. I'm going all fucking weatherman on to here. I learned all this shit when I learned how to fly a plane. And about five or six o'clock every evening, it would, in Orlando, it would pour, pour. Now, fortunately, that only lasted for about 45 minutes or so. And you could track it, predict it, but had there'd been some kind of, you know, weird weather pattern and uh, it would have rained. We'd have just been fucked, but that, you know what? That's what made nitro work. Cause you flew by the seat of your pants.
0: Operating with no net, baby.
1: Just fly by the seat of your fucking pants, grab it by the balls, go for a ride. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, you learn the lesson and move on. That's a spirit, right? That's what made nitro so successful.
0: So why don't you talk to uh, Rick Snyder more?
1: You know, I don't, I talk to you on the, in when you and I talk, you're like you, you and me are like Zane Bresloff. Our conversations last for about a minute 30.
0: Yes, that's true. And you know what? If I'm honest with you, I think that's one of the rings reasons we get along so well is we neither one of us have a lot of time in our day for nonsense. So we're going to, we're going to get on the call. We're going to do what we need to do. Then we're going to hang up, and go do some other shit.
1: Yes. Yeah. And. And and that's the way I am, even with my closest friends. I love my brother and sister dearly, and they live in Minnesota. I talk to them on the phone combined, the two of them added together. I probably don't spend four minutes a year on the phone with them. Yeah. Now I'll go, I'll drive a thousand miles to go hang out with them on Thanksgiving. That's different. And then drive home. I'll do that. Yeah. But I'm calling anybody. But like when I see Rick, and here's the other thing about that kind of relationship when I see Rick, it's like five minutes haven't gone by yep. since we went elk hunting together in Colorado or, you know, up in the Yukon. just mean, pick
0: up where you left off.
1: Because, abs- you know, people like us, we get that. Yeah. You don't have to like check in and, yeah, you know, how you doing? You know, how's your diet going? You know, what, what book are you reading? It's like, oh my God, kill me. If I have to have that kind of conversation with somebody. Right. And everybody that knows me knows that why i only got like three friends
0: <laughs> so we're seeing a, an interesting match here we've got uh hugh morris oh man tent is here and he is pissed well we had wouldn't uh, you be
1: pissed i mean conrad really let's yeah. break this down to a human level wouldn't you be fucking hot yeah gets your half your head shaved fucking bobby eaton looks like some kind of corporate executive in this shot john tent has got I don't know, half a beard and half a head of hair.
0: Meltzer gave it a star and a half or half a star. Rather it's the blue bloods, uh, Taylor and Regal here, picking up the win over Hugh Morris and big Bubba chat me up though. I guess we should mention, we just saw another commercial for glacier too. And I think we've got the old sting WCW magazine ad that we've seen a few times with, uh, the other star of the Bischoff family coming up here in a moment, uh, but I do want to circle back to the way we just had this structured. It's sort of heels versus heels. You know, Hugh Morris, Jimmy Hart, uh Bossman or Bubba, whatever we're calling him here, Ray Trailer, whatever he is, they're all bad guys. And the blue bloods are bad guys. Heels versus heels. Is there just uh a lack of depth on the babyface side?
1: I don't think it was a lack of depth, you know, reflecting back. I think it was just a let's see what this match looks like. You know, believe it or not. <laughs> you're going to love this. There isn't as much thought giving it given <laughs> into some of these matches. Yeah. As we, people would like to think there is, Oh no,
0: we're trying to figure it out. But back in the day, literally you guys would show up and be like, Oh fuck. What are we going to do? Okay. Who's here? All right. Oh. Him versus him. Oh yeah. He hadn't been on TV in a while. Let's do something with him. Oh, we hey, like I, that? Got,
1: I got news for you. Conrad. That shit still happens today. Yes, it does. In every organization, anybody that says it doesn't is bullshitting themselves and trying to bullshit you. But we all know better because we are an enlightened lot of people here on 83 Weeks. I am telling you the lack of thought. I I would suggest to you that there was much more thought given into some of these matches back in 1996 than we see today in anybody's organization. Not, not a hundred percent of the time, but everybody today still throws shit up against the wall. Cause you know what? We need to fill 12 minutes. Yeah. Let's see what this looks like.
0: Speaking of filling time. There's our WCW Saturday night promo.
1: Look at those Disney ears. That was it, man. When I could include the Disney MGM mouse ears in an opening shot or in a, or in a beauty shot is that's called. Uh, if you're watching along, uh, and Eddie Guerrero, who is, at this point, 96 had the best mullet going, but I have to say, Brian Pillman Jr. is pushing the mullet envelope in today's wrestling product and is doing a great job. I'm so happy for Brian Pillman Jr. and AEW, by the
0: way. Absolutely. Shout out to Brian and the Varsity Blinds and all that they're doing. And shout out to Eddie Guerrero here. He's going to be taking on psychosis. Oh, and here's a little inset from a Ray. Let's see what Ray's saying.
3: Hey!
6: And uh, I, I don't know how to explain this, but. There was much confusion in all of our minds, especially the little kids. They were crying. They were very disappointed, and personally, I'm very disappointed on who the third person was. I don't think that's fair for all of us. To all my Mexican friends, yo sé que están bien disgustados con lo que pasó anoche. They dieron cuenta de la realidad. Y yo me siento me siento bien disgustado porque nos a todos. He betrayed us.
2: It's amazing the impact of what happened last night, ladies and gentlemen. Here's a man who just won the cruiserweight championship. He goes back to the dressing room and he has one thing on his mind. What happened at the hands of Hulk Hogan last night? Well, if-
0: man, they're doing a great job pushing that three out through the share, were they not?
1: They did. And that was part of the magic with Nitro. You know, format, 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 format. If if you can really fine-tune your format and really learn how to make your audience, how to hook them, how to hold them, and how to build them, which is the magic of TV. Hook them, hold them, and build them. If anybody has the balls to go back and look at a Nitro format, take all your subjective opinions out of it. Forget all your Dave Meltzer bullshit. Mm. Just go back and look at structurally how these formats worked People wonder, you know, why was Nitro such a huge, huge success? Why hasn't anybody been able to do what Nitro did? Because nobody's really figured out the format. It's still, I don't know. It's frustrating for me. I'm, I've said enough. I'm out of the business. I love sitting on the, on the sidelines and being able to make observations like that. But it, it does get frustrating because it's not that hard, people. It's just not that fucking hard.
0: So I got to admit my, uh, my wife is what I would call a low talker. If you're a long time Seinfeld fan. You know what I'm talking about? But sometimes I feel like she's doing it just because she knows I wear headphones a lot here for my, uh, <clears throat> part-time job podcasting. And so she'll be talking. I fucking hate that. And so now as a result, I've even found that when, uh, when my mother-in-law's in town, she'll want to turn on the closed captions. Somehow my wife is turning on the closed captions now too. So here's the deal. I'm just gonna go ahead and give you a pro tip. MD hearing aid is an FDA registered digital hearing aid that costs a fraction of what typical hearing aids cost. The average price of a hearing aid in America is over $2,400 a pair, but the Volt Plus model is just $299.99 when you buy a pair and that's nearly 90% less. MD hearing aid was founded by an ENT surgeon who saw how many patients needed hearing aids, but couldn't afford them. He made it his mission to develop quality hearing aids that anyone could afford. Their sleek design fits so well, no one will even know you're wearing it. Plus it's rechargeable with a battery life that lasts up to 30 hours. If you forget to take your hearing aids off in the shower, not to worry. The Volt Plus is waterproof and up to three feet of water. You don't even need a prescription or a doctor's appointment. You buy it directly from them with audiologists, licensed hearing specialists that are available seven days a week. Now, how do they make their hearing aid so affordable? Well, since about 95% of the people who need a hearing aid only require a few settings, MD Hearing Aid simplified the need for certain components not needed by most people. The result is MD Hearing Aid has brought affordable hearing to over 600,000 satisfied customers. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating and offer, check this out, a 45 day risk-free trial with a 100% money back guarantee so you can buy with confidence. Check out this testimonial. Simply put, MD hearing aid is a way cheaper and way better. Edward in Wayne, New Jersey says that the MD hearing aid is the best hearing aid he's used at any price. While Walter says the MD hearing aids are just as good as the ones he spent $4,000 on again, these are just 299 each. It's reclaimed it's, it's time to reclaim your life from hearing loss. Go to mdhearingaid.com and use promo code 83 weeks to buy one and get one for two ninety nine dollars each. Plus they offer free extra charging case. That's a hundred dollar value just because you listen to 83 weeks. So head to mdhearingaid.com and use our promo code 83 weeks, or you can even give them a call right now at 1-855-671-2524. That's one 671 2524 Again, that's mdhearingaid.com and use our promo code 83weeks. And don't forget, you're going to get that buy one, get one offer at two ninety nine ninety nine dollars 99 plus that extra free charging case, $100 value at mdhearingaid.com, promo code 83weeks. They're having a pretty good match here. Meltzer likes it too. With Sarcosis and Eddie Guerrero, they go about eight and a half minutes. Eddie's going to get the win. He gave it three and three quarter stars, but it does feel like, you know, it's still very much the tale of two WCWs. We saw sort of an old school kind of silly promo, uh, from the Steiner brothers. And, um, of course the nasty boys sort of an old school, silly thing a minute ago with Jimmy Hart and John Tenta and big Bubba and Hugh Morris and the blue bloods but then you've got Eddie Guerrero and psychosis, Ray Mysterio and Dean Malenko, it's really remarkable. And, and you've, you've sort of laid the groundwork here in the last few weeks, talking about how you feel like wrestling at times should be like a buffet. There should be something for everyone. I was,
1: I was just going to say, don't you think, I mean, really, uh, this is, I hadn't had this thought before, but you know, I, I harp on the things that I I'm passionate about, like storylines and acts and arcs and formats and all the kind of, yeah. Boring TV shit, but maybe, maybe part of it was just doing. And by the way, it wasn't by design. You know, as we just discussed, some of these things we put together, we're just like, oh fuck! Now what do we do for twelve minutes? Right. Oh, let's, hey, they're, they're here. Let's do that. It makes no sense. That's okay. Let's do that because what happens after makes sense. Um, maybe it was that balance of just quirky, weird, you know, yep. old school shit with cutting edge shit and just making everybody happy instead of just making one section of, you know, a potential audience happy, which is what's going on today.
0: No, I I think you nailed it. I mean, I think that's it. And I think if we're honest, that's probably some of the stuff that AEW has tried to do. And I know some people think that whenever I say anything positive about AEW in this show, that I'm just shilling, but I mean, in terms of they found a place for managers, you know, for a long time, it felt like managers were going by the wayside and think about who managers historically were made up of back in the day. It was retired in-ring performers, guys like Bobby Heenan. Um, so here, you know, now aew has got a spot for an Arn Anderson and a Tully Blanchard and a Jake Roberts and on and on and on. So, but hear me out, hear me out.
1: That's not enough. Oh, I'm not arguing that all, all of those guys that you mentioned Arn, Tully, Jake, these are serious shoot ass kicking. Bucker feathers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, there, there's no Jimmy hearts in that conversation. Right. There, there, you know what I mean? There's no balance. Yes. A W is doing a great job in, in terms of integrating some of um, the legends. I being one of them occasionally get to show up. Um, and I love that. But what I'm talking about is, you know, the John Tenta, you know, Bummer Rogers match or, whatever he was at the time, and with Jimmy Hart. There's some balancing the serious, intense in today's world with the high-flying, super-athletic, you know, ridiculous skill sets, but still have some of that goofy shit in there mixed in so that the whole audience is satisfied, not just the portion of the audience that identifies with one specific era or style of wrestling.
0: Let's talk about some other sort of news. I'm, that, I'm off my soapbox. No, I like it.
1: Yeah. Let's night. do You
0: really don't. Let's do, some, right. let's do some questions here. Josh wants to know that being outdoors at Disney give that bigger event feeling. It feels like outdoors at night just gives me that vibe.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it's, you know, kind of a subjective opinion. I myself was a little, um, uncomfortable with the look here when you can, you know, I mean, if you look at a wide shot. You know, if you're watching along here or if you go back and watch it on Peacock, you'll see that there was probably only about 400 people here. And here's what happens. In a sound stage, I can make 400 people sound like 4,000. That's right. Because you have a lot of um, audio uh, help in doing that. And and the audio is contained inside of the building. The building is soundproof, intentionally designed so that the audio stays within the confines of a soundstage. That's one of the things that make a soundstage a soundstage, like a recording studio. Right. Um, But when you're outdoors, you have four or 500 people there and all that energy dissipates, you know, into the universe. So you don't have that same feel and, and vibe, even though you've only got four or 500 people there, it seems like you've only got 80. And then visually, you know, shot that we're looking at, you know, just a few seconds ago was, you know, up into the, to the nightlight and, you know, not into a big, you know, crowd. The crowd is important and, and this hurt us, you know, shooting at Disney from a visual perspective made the show feel much smaller. It was good fortune that we kind of made big news the night before, but or the week Sunday before, but now shooting, shooting outside was a real disadvantage for a lot of reasons.
0: I, I, I kind of get what he's talking about though. in that it feels like a big event because it looks different. So if we see the same look and feel every single week it start up sort of runs together, but no, when, I agree
1: with that. And yeah. it's always nice to do something, but look, the shot that I'm looking at, at least, cause I think our internet's probably load video a little differently, but I'm looking at a shot now with Eddie coming off, you know, the top rope with a frog splash and I'm looking at maybe five rows deep.
0: Yeah. So maybe
1: 35 people in that shot and that'll make you feel big. It does make you feel different, but not big, but fortunately, truth be known, we didn't need to feel big right now. We had already gained a lot of momentum. We were already on everybody's, you know, things to do on Monday night. So trying to establish that we were big league was not as important on this particular night as it might've been a year earlier.
0: And there it is. Uh, Eddie picks up the whim. we see the highlights here. A little corkscrew off the top rope to the floor. Eric, uh, while we're, uh, waiting for the next thing, you know, obviously half of our show here is dedicated at times to talking about the, the formula of Monday, Nitro and, uh, the 83 weeks where you kick the shit out of events and the WWF this past weekend, we saw news that I think we're all had one of their lowest watch shows of all time, like 1.6 million, maybe a little less. 1.7 million was the number for uh And a lot of fans are nervous. Uh, I guess we got. Yeah, maybe we should listen to this.
4: The Giant, the taskmaster Kevin Sullivan still shaking his head. Jimmy Hart, you managed this man, Hogan, for three years. I mean, you were in Thunder and Paradise, all of the movies. You were at the hospitals. I mean, you did everything with the guy. What, what, what do you make of his move last night, joining in with these outsiders? You know me, Gene? You've known me for a long time. This is the first time in my life that I've really been lost for words, and I really have no comment, Kevin. Seems to be a very popular phrase with politicians these days, no comment. I know that's not the case for you, Kevin Sullivan. You know, Gene,
5: sometimes when you live for the destruction and demise of something, like Jimmy and I did, we lived for a year and a half for the demise of Hulkamania, and he plucked it away from us. He destroyed it himself. All the karma that I have done in my life, all the evil has now come back upon me. Every time I look in the mirror, I see Chris Benoit. And what I see in the mirror is a madman. And Gene, this new world order, Jimmy.
4: We're taking a look, by the way, at some of the footage involving that right now, Kevin. You know, Gene, it's like Kevin said, there's a new world order coming, and you could be out of a job. Whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute. I'm going to be I'm not going to be out of work. Before
5: everybody goes and loses their composure, one thing you got to remember is, as long as I have this, the WCW World Heavyweight Championship belt, nothing in WCW can go wrong. If <laughs> people remember, I'm the one that took this belt from Hulk Hogan, last october halloween havoc don't worry about what hogan did and as far as the four horsemen go you call yourselves the elite last night you look at the taskmaster's face you guys won the battle but you didn't win the war because right now tonight i
4: don't have to wrestle (laughs) thank you very much gentlemen who said i was going to be out of work do you know anything about that Stay tuned more WCW Monday nitro. When we come back here,
0: are- it's interesting. We're talking to baby faces and heels about the Hulk Hogan turning back.
1: Well, I mean, the intent going into this thing was to have NWO turn the world upside down, interestingly enough, those were some of. The words that I heard from Vince McMahon as I was walking out to get my Hall, give my Hall of Fame speech, was that you turn this business upside down, and it wasn't just heel babyface. It was a new era. It was a new formula. It was a new approach. It was embracing the anti-hero phenomenon. That was, you know, honestly, I didn't invent it. I just took advantage of it. I. St- you know, if you go back and look in the nineties, the most popular movie characters or TV characters were not heroes. They were anti-heroes, right? And NWO were anti-heroes and which is why we kind of blurred the lines between heels and baby faces. That was the intent going in it
0: worked. And hindsight, do you think the business was better for blurring the lines? I mean, you've. Well, whenever I say shades of gray these days, you have a fucking aneurysm because it's become an old tired. You know why though you hear all kind the right, time
1: because, because shades of gray for the set, just going, you know what, let's just, let's not make them heels. Not like making baby faces. Okay, cool. Then what are they? Are they there to disrupt? Are they there to turn things upside down? Are they there to create a new category? Are they there to create a different kind of emotion? If they are, I'm in. But if you go, yeah, the audience, we gotta let the audience decide whether they like them or not. What the fuck? Can you imagine going to a movie studio as a script writer or director and saying, hi, I got this movie I want to sell you. I need about 150 million dollars for it, maybe 200 billion, depending on how much you know post-production costs us. And the first thing they're gonna go is. The, the, you know, people you're pitching it to, they're going to say, well, great. Who's your central character, right? Describe your central character to me, character to me. And what is that character's you know point of view? And you go, well, he doesn't really have one. We're going to kind of let the audience decide after you pay, write the, you pay for the movie. We're going to let the audience decide if they like the movie or not, or they like the character or not. Are you fucking kidding me? That is such a bullshit. Tag me out. I don't have an answer, you know, response. Um, gray area for the sake of gray. However, if you're going to create a faction or a character, a single character that has a very unique perspective, and Marvel does it all the time. You know, Marvel's characters are antiheroes or heroes, but they're very flawed characters. They have a weakness. They have something. They have, a, they have an inner demon. So while you're watching them, ascend in their world as characters, you're also watching them deal with that inner demon or inner challenge, whatever it may be. That's makes an interesting character as opposed to, well, fuck, he's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. We don't know what he is. Let the audience vote. That is the dumbest goddamn shit I've ever heard in my life. Sorry for whoever professes it. If I've offended you, my apologies. If someone is close to me, I still respect you. I just don't respect that point of view.
0: I think it's bullshit. Do you think there's too much of that in wrestling now? I think it's an
1: easy way out. That's the reason I get so animated about it because can you imagine being in a position of authority and a decision maker that has the final say on a storyline and you're looking at this storyline, the way it's being presented to you and you go, fuck, I don't know if I like this or not. So, I don't have anything to add to it to make it better. So let's just put it out there and let the audience decide. What the fuck? Tom Conrad, time to talk about my dog, Nikki. Anybody that's been listening to 83 weeks for any amount of time knows how much I love my dog, Nikki. Nikki's a part of our family. I dare say she's a very important part of our family. And if you ever saw her hanging around with us, you'd know what I mean. listen, because she's such a big part of our family. Her health and nutrition is just as important to me as anybody else in my family. And a lot of times people forget that dogs need healthy food too. Did you know that up to 80% of the immune system in a dog is influenced by the gut or supporting the immune system through proper diet and digestive health enables pets to better fight allergies and all kinds of other stuff. Solid Gold is passionate and that's why I love this product. They are passionate about gut health and a healthy digestive system and how it positively impacts the immune system and the overall wellness of their pets. Solid Gold was the first holistic pet food company in America, get this, not when it first started to get cool, not when everybody jumped on the bandwagon, no way back in 1974, Conrad, I'm not even sure that you were a thought in your mommy and daddy's mind back then. Sissy McGill. She was a trailblazer. She was a visionary. And she was the pioneer who disrupted a male dominated industry and created a natural pet food way the hell before it was cool. Sissy was inspired by European pet food and the fact that European Great Danes lived longer than their American counterparts. I love that. She looked at the situation. She looked at the data and said why and realized that so much of it has to do with digestive health and what dogs eat. Well, she came up with her first recipe, Puntenflocken. Believe it or not, I still remember a little German from high school. It means dog flakes in German. And now dog flakes have provided high quality nutrition and digestive health for over 20 generations of dogs. Solid Gold's nutritional platform was inspired by the founding belief that high quality food is the best way to impact our dog's minds, body, spirit. Same thing with cats, it's so important. If you eat clean, you live clean. If you eat better, you feel better. It's true for dogs too, people and cats. For over 45 years, Solid Goal has revolutionized the holistic pet food category and they have a recipe for any dog or any cat's dietary needs, including healthy whole grain and grain-free options, wet food supplements like seal meal, and 100% human-grade bone broth for dogs. That's a whole new thing. Google the internet. Ask about bone broth and all of the health benefits it provides to humans and for pets. Solid gold foods are different because they cleanse the digestive system with whole superfoods, balanced with living probiotics and fuel with omega-3 and six fatty acids, supporting both gut health and nourishing your pet inside and out. Right now, to save 30% on select solid gold products, go to solidgoldpet.com slash 83 weeks one more time for your pets that's solidgoldpet.com slash 83 weeks to save 30% on select solid gold products remember solidgoldpet.com slash 83 weeks if you love your pets like I do and I know you do look out for their health the same way you look out for your own feed them things that will help their immune systems and allow them to be healthier happier better companions for the
0: long run. Well, we bring it up I've, because before we got going uh, in this match with the nasty boys and and the Steiner brothers, by the way, the winner is going to take on the Harlem heat. Anyway, we were talking about ratings and how, when the smackdown rating came in and it was super low, uh, 1,741,000 viewers. That's like a low so far for the year. I think, I mean, coming in, they had been doing, you know, one eight one seven five one seven nine one eight five one nine two one eight five. Now we're down can to. I inter-
1: can I interrupt you? Yeah. What was on TV Friday night? What
0: well, that, that's what up? I wanted to add context to because you do have the Stanley Cup Finals on NBC.
1: Eh. Which is eh. Stanley Cup Finals on NBC is a pimple on a hamster's ass. Nobody gives a fuck about it. hockey in this country. It's on. I would venture to guess if you could do some, you know, research, some deep research and, and pull the average wrestling audience and ask them how many of them are hockey fans other than Chris Jericho and another group of people from Canada. I don't think anybody gives a shit about hockey in this country. I I just don't, it's never been a factor. I would say you could probably write off 75 to hundred thousand viewers to hockey,
0: well, hockey beat it. The Stanley Cup finals last night beat SmackDown. Uh, but nothing else on the networks did. So, even though you and I don't watch hockey, more people watched hockey last night than they watched WWE SmackDown. But yeah, still no, it wasn't no, down you're not getting
1: number. You you and it's my fault for not articulating.
0: Hey, look in the bottom right again. It's the dynamite calendar or the clock. <laughs> Seriously, this is going to start the second hour. This is the way you were, you know, making a difference between the start of one show to the next. You don't want people to change the channel. You don't want them to flip over and watch Monday night raw. You want them to stick around right here. So you do the countdown and then here comes some fireworks. Although maybe a little less than normal. Still, the point is it's a nice little differentiator for, Hey, it's time for hour two.
1: It's a, it's a popcorn fart and we'd already built up popcorn fart. I've never said that on a podcast before I'm kind of. I'm laughing at myself.
0: These shady shenanigans you're trying to pull. Shady
1: shenanigans and popcorn farts. We're full of them here. But going back, yes, you know, hockey probably drew on NBC, but I just don't think there is a significant enough amount of a wrestling audience that would go, you know, I'm either going to watch wrestling or I'm going to watch hockey and then vote for hockey. I think SmackDown probably lost 100,000 viewers to it out of their regular audience. I think a lot, and we've talked about this on this podcast. I predicted this. I predicted every dirt sheet writer, every headline on the internet is going to be, oh my God, ratings are plummeting. It's summertime. It happens every fucking year. It's as predictable as the sun coming up and the moon going up. It's just not that hard to figure out. Ratings always go down by almost... A, a, a consistent percentage starting probably in April when daylight savings time kicks in or whatever the fuck it is and weather starts getting nice and people go, yeah, I don't think I'm going to sit in my house and watch TV anymore. Cause I've been COVID contained. I think I'm going to go out and drink a beer at my local tavern, and not watch wrestling. Or if I'm going to watch wrestling, I'm going to watch it at the bar, which by the way, doesn't have a Nielsen box. So ah, I think people are making way too much over everybody's low ratings, whether it's AEW, WWE fucking impact. What did they show up last week with 69,000 viewers? I could cut a fucking video of me flipping a burger on my rec tech and do better than 69,000 people watching it. But guess what? It's summertime. Everybody's out. That's what happens. So
0: it'll look, come back. Two things. Uh, let me circle back to bash at the beach, but first if wrestling, were going to have an off season, we know that's not the case, but if wrestling, were going to have an off season, it sounds like you're campaigning that it should be the summer. Say that again, if wrestling had an off season, would you want the off season to be the summer months?
1: If I, first of all, I wouldn't vote for an off season. One of the reasons that wrestling works is consistently as it has since the beginning of television time is because it's 52 weeks to 52 weeks a year. And it tours. If you take 52 weeks out of the equation and now take touring out of the equation, you're going to lose 60% of your audience over the course of five or six years. But wouldn't some of your characters
0: get burnt out less like, it was like guys would have longer careers. There'd be less injuries. Maybe there'd be better stories. Maybe Yeah, you but you some-
1: lose your connection to the audience. You know, wrestling, and here's the mistake that a lot of, you know, television executives make is they don't understand the audience. The wrestling audience becomes so familiar with these characters. They identify with them. They live vicariously through them. They're kind of in their own entertainment way, addicted to them. And if you take them off the air for three, four, five months, they find other shit to do and other things to be interested in. One of the magic, you know, the secret sauce to professional wrestling is that it's 52 weeks a year. If you go down to 26 and you have to start your season over again, and you've lost that connection to that daily, weekly connection to your audience. And six months later, you're going to come back with a new season. Good freaking luck.
0: Finishing up a uh, nasty boys promo here after they just lost. Haven't heard enough from them, really. Yeah, I mean this is their second promo in the same show. By the way, Lou yeah. the Moose wants to know: after Bash of the Beach '96 and this Nitro, how quickly did Eric start hearing either directly or indirectly wrestlers and other companies wanting to jump ship to be a part of the NWO?
1: Um, I, I don't recall hearing. I don't recall having any of those conversations. I mean, there may have been one or two. And again, you know, everybody thinks that listens to this podcast or tries to imagine Eric Bischoff being the president of WCW. Every single decision, every talent acquisition, every choice that was made for WCW ended up ultimately on my desk. And that wasn't the case. There were certain things that I was really deeply involved with and a lot of things that I wasn't. And talent wasn't my thing, man. I never felt like I had a really good instinct for talent. I relied on other people. So as a result of that, people like Kevin Sullivan, primarily Mm. uh, Terry Taylor, to an extent, Mm -mm. several others on the booking committee, Mm. Dusty Rhodes certainly Mm. um, would be kind of the filter for a lot of those calls. Because People that were in WWE, for example, didn't have a relationship with me. Most of the people that were in WWE in 1996 had never met me in person. You know, a handful had, obviously, with AWA and things like that, but very, very small handful. So anybody who was interested didn't say, hey, I want to talk to Eric. They would call Kevin Sullivan or they call Terry Taylor or they would call somebody else that they had. Jimmy Hart, Hulk Hogan, you know, whoever. And then it would kind of filter into my direction, but I don't recall a lot of those initially, at least a lot of those kind of things happening.
0: All right. It's summertime and a lot of us are going to be out and about really for the first time in a long time. I think Jeff Jarrett was telling me last week, this is the first beach vacation he's had and he couldn't tell you when, and you're hearing today that uh, Mrs. B and well, Eric are enjoying themselves on the holiday. Things are getting back to normal. But whether you're going to be stuck at home a little longer, knocking out some work, maybe it's time to binge some podcasts, or maybe it's time to get out and exercise, enjoy the weather. Maybe you're like me and you're going to hit the old dusty trail. Take the family to the beach. One thing remains constant. It's all better. It's all easier with Raycons. Take your Raycons with you. We are big advocates of this and my family, uh, Megan and I, this week, as you're listening to this, we're at the beach with our three girls. Well, two and a friend. Here's what I know for sure. When those ladies pulled out, they had at least four pairs of Raycons for them. Everybody needs a pair of Raycons, whether you're doing some schoolwork, whether you're working on a project, whether you're binging your favorite podcast, trying to get your workout in, or you're just lounging on the beach. Raycons make life a whole lot easier. And by the way, here's what we're talking about. They not only sound great, but in my opinion, you get crisp, powerful beats. I think there's more base in these than any of the others I've used. That's my personal testimony. And by the way, they're about half the price of those other brands. Raycons look great and they feel even better. You can get them in a bunch of cool colors. They even have customizable gel tips. So you get a comfortable in-ear fit, which is important. If you're Eric Bischoff, he's shared before he's got a little bit of cauliflower ear Raycons fit perfect because they have all these customizable gel tips. Raycons really are built to go wherever you go with quick and seamless Bluetooth pairing and a compact charging case. Now I want to go ahead and put this over in a big way. The battery life is incredible on these. That has always been a frustration for me. I felt like I would start a flight and I couldn't finish the flight on a single charge. That's never been the case with Raycon. In fact, I've seen some of these have a 24 hour battery life. That's again, that's my experience. But I know I used that dude all damn day long, or so it felt like, you know when I'll say that, but then I didn't have to charge it until the next day sometime. Like, how is that even possible? I didn't think it was, but I also didn't think this was possible. Listen up, Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for our listeners. And here's what you got to do to get it. Just go to buyraycon.com 83 weeks. There you'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. And it's such a good deal. You'll want to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash 83 weeks. That's buyraycon.com slash 83 weeks. Seriously, folks, if you're in the market for a new pair of headphones, or you just got a trip coming up, maybe you're looking for a little happy for the wife. You know what I'm talking about. Get her a little something here and give yourself a little something. Just check that out, man. 15% off. It's already about half of what the other folks are. And you get an additional 15% off. Costs nothing to look. See what Eric's using. See what I'm using. Go to buyraycon.com/slash eighty-three weeks. Man, how about Jim Powers just sprinting to the ring here?
1: Wasn't he Jungle Jim Powers at some point?
0: It's looking like parking lot powers right there. They got a full speed. It's
1: pouring down right here. Can you hear the rain on the microphone?
0: No, thankfully it's not raining inside your uh, bunkhouse.
1: It's not. Hey, and I'm going to go up and grab a beer. So can you carry this for about 45 seconds? While yeah,
0: I... No problem. I like it. Actually,
1: it's the 4th of July, brother. I it's, are it's, celebrating. It is, what it is. It's your right, religious right holiday.
0: By. I get it. And we see Ric Flair strutting ass to the ring in the old pink robe. And he's uh, got in tow with him, Deborah, Liz and woman, uh, sadly, only one of those ladies still with us, Ric Flair still, uh, strutting, but you know, If the end of the world came tomorrow, it would be like cockroaches and Ric Flair, right? I mean, that dude's never going anywhere. Uh, I do want to mention, as we see, maybe the 19th fireworks celebration. I mean, I get that we're a couple days removed from the 4th of July, but good Lord, the pyro budget here, but it felt like when they switched over to hour two, it was like a sparkler. Uh, It's a big show though. I mean, already we've got the number one contender shot set up for the tag straps. We know that. The Steiner brothers are going to get a rematch with Harlem Heat at the next pay per view. And we've seen the uh, cruiserweight belt change hands. Dean Malenko dropped it to Rey Mysterio. And we're still not done as we see Flair stepping through the ropes here. Looks like he's going to be taking on Jungle Jim, I guess is the way he wants to refer to him. Um, by the way, Flair is the United States champion. We just saw he won the belt beating Conan the night before on pay per view. We just watched that last week. So I guess the U S title here is on the line. Got three ladies with him too. And Eric, I see you back.
1: Th- th- thanks for that break, buddy. I just want to let you know there wasn't more beer in the refrigerator. So I took a leak instead. Thank you.
0: So we're seven hours into the brisket now. No, no,
1: we're only I'm a little over five and a half a little over five hours.
0: I got you. Is, is brisket the, uh, the go-to in the Bischoff household? Is that what Montana wants when she comes to town? Dad, can you make a brisket?
1: Actually, the brisket is pretty good. I think I've after about 15 years have it down. Um, but honestly, the Mrs. B's green chili is
0: everybody's favorite
1: world. renowned, people order it from all over. We're like the Jimmy's famous seafood of green chili. We ship it. Well, I got only the friends of family.
0: I was going to say I I must not make either list cuz I never got none of that shit shipped to well, me. Well, you never asked. I'll well, send you some. I did not know, but it's was, hot.
1: This is not this is not for the faint of heart. This is like real Mexican green chili. This is If you like hot stuff, you'll love it. If you don't like hot stuff,
0: I like I like hot stuff. You've seen me eat hot stuff. Let me ask you All this right, You got some friends in from out of town uh and you said where they were from and it made me think Did they bring you some glizzy?
1: I'm going to shoot it tomorrow. I'm cooking a glizzy on the rec tech. I am so excited. I'm going to videotape it and we're going to post it. I am because last year at this time I was designated as a glizzy king.
0: Yes. And I I just wondered, is this the same friend and family? Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Bob Niederkorn and his wife, Tammy, they own a butcher shop and a meat processing plant outside of La Crosse, Wisconsin. And they, bring, they come out, they drive out, and they're only here for like two days. They spend a day and a half driving here, a day and a half driving home to spend two days here on the 4th of July. And they bring out just a buttload of cheese and sausages and all kinds of great stuff. But yeah, we're going to cook a glizzy tomorrow, and I'm going to film it on the RecTech, and we're going to post it. Awesome. Can't wait.
0: If you haven't already, go follow Eric and uh, our show account on Twitter. We got some fun stuff we've been posting there lately. It's at 83 Weeks. And of course, he is at E Bischoff. Uh, and we see uh, Ric Flair shit canning Jim Powers to the outside there. Oh, look, woman's getting involved.
1: Yeah, clearly your your audio feed or your video feed is much different than mine. Where are you at? But that's okay. I'm just going to go by what you said.
0: No, but where I'm, are you at? I'll catch up. Well, I, I may be behind
1: you. I mean, I'm at 55, 16, 18, 20.
0: All right. I'm where you are now. I catch, I, I had to skip ahead a little bit. Here's the trouble. Sometimes we're probably, uh, doing our listeners a disservice, but when I'm recording the audio and recording the video and, uh, going through the notes and streaming the actual show, uh, it's a lot of processing power required. Now it's a, it's a hell of a rig, but I'm, uh, I'm stretching it out to its max capacity, by the way, we saw earlier sister Sherry and Colonel Robert Parker attempting a distraction to get the nasties to win, but, uh, they failed. So the Steiners move on. And we know that that means, uh, there's going to be some shady shenanigans in the future for sister Sherry and Colonel Robert Parker and the Harlem heat and all the, that, that are involved.
1: You know what I'm going to do right now? Conrad what's that? I'm going to text Mrs. B. Yeah. I'm going to ask her to bring me a beer. I never ask her to bring me a beer.
0: No, that's I know that about out. you. You don't even do that at my house.
1: No, I won't. And it's raining out. So if I ask her to bring me a beer now, she'll be hot.
0: This will be really testing your love. Speaking right, of love, I'm gonna Steven. I'm going to do
1: it. I'm going to tell her. Conrad wants to know if you'll bring me a beer.
0: Yeah. Put her on speaker. Let's just see what, how this goes.
1: All right. Let's do that.
0: Can't be any worse than this jungle gym match.
1: Yeah, no, let's do that. But you know, because that's what we do here. We do. Interesting things. Can't remember my wife's phone number. Oh, Isn't that
0: funny? Let me give it to you over the air. Should I share her contact info with you?
1: No, I better not do that. Okay, here I'll put her on speaker.
0: Can by the way, it? by the way, guys, it's her birthday. In the rain. Can you hear it? Yeah. Hello. Hey, Mrs. B.
4: Yes.
1: I'm going to give you a heads up. You're on the air. Hi. Hi. What's going on? What's going on in the house? How's the green chili coming?
3: The
6: green chili is done and I must say it is just off the charts. It's so good already. But so tomorrow it's going to be insane.
1: Okay. So here here's the deal. Conrad dared me to call you and ask you to bring me a beer.
3: Are you shitting me? <gasps> and it's raining out. (gasps) So there's that.
1: I told him that, and he said, well, try it anyway and see what she says.
3: Clearly, he doesn't know me that well. All
1: right, so there's no beer in my future. All right, well, thanks for taking the call anyway.
6: It's my pleasure, dear.
1: I love you. Love you, too. Bye. (laughs)
0: Bye. I love that you thanked her for taking the call. I do that.
1: I mean, you got to be kind to people. You know, i I appreciate it. somebody responds to an email or answers the phone It's you're taking, you're taking moments of their time. You're distracting them from what they're doing. It's I'm your wife.
0: Of that. My wife better answer the goddamn phone. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> no, she doesn't. That's our joke. You know, she was in the medical field, so I get voicemailed all the time. If she's with a patient, she can't answer. Right. So, but then boy, if I don't answer She's like, are you talking to Eric fucking Bischoff or stupid oh. ass Bruce Pritchard? Can you answer your wife? I'm like, actually, I'm with a customer. Oh, yeah, forgot you do that too.
1: Yeah, your your side job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we see Ric Flair slapping on the figure four for Jim Powers and oh he finally won a match with a figure four. Flair doing a little air humping in the ring just for good measure.
1: Boy, every time he gets near Magic Mountain, he gets just out of control.
0: You know, this show really grows through word of mouth. Uh, we don't do any real advertising for our podcast. People just talk about it and then put off, People start to subscribe. Word of mouth is the way to go. And we want to thank James up in Hendersonville, Tennessee for suggesting and referring and spreading the word of mouth of save with conrad.com. We hooked him up he left us a five-star review. And he had this to say, this process was as easy as it could have been. Jimmy and the team were on top of things from the very beginning. The communication was great, and I'll be recommending you all to anyone who asks. Great job. Thank you, James. We take pride in helping people save money and making it fast and easy. I get it. You're listening to a wrestling podcast, and you want to hear wrestling stories. You don't really want to hear mortgage talk. But I feel strongly that saving money is important. You know, if it's not something we worry about now, boy, we are really going to worry about it later. And I want to help you get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. I'm talking to you if you're in a 30-year loan. Now is the time to take years off of your loan. We're routinely helping our listeners cut 5, 10, even 15 years off their loan. And you can do this without perfect credit with no money out of pocket. You've just got to start at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Seriously, if you're in a 30-year loan, please let me run the numbers. You'll be glad you did save with Conrad.com. Hey, have
1: you talked to Rick lately? Yeah. When was the last time you said, t- what's he up to? I haven't heard
0: from him. He usually uh,
1: texts me or calls me once every month or two, but I haven't heard from him. He yet.
0: did a little, um, Red Sox thing, uh, last weekend and then, uh, went and came out and did the, um, celebrity golf tournament thing.
1: Oh, I saw that. Yeah. He posted a picture of that.
0: And I think he, uh, made TV. I don't think he was on TV, but I think he attended just to, uh, hang out with, uh, with the fam and all that jazz. And I think everybody's been enjoying a little Florida time. I think he recently bought a big badass boat. You know, he, he and Wendy have a place down there at the beach and I think he just got a new boat he's excited about. So the rumor and innuendo is I may see him on said boat this week. And if so, it was fun doing this podcast with you, you know, I <laughs> can't cause you know, he's going to want to say, Strap in big man. We're going to see how fast this thing can go. He doesn't drive. Does he very fast? No, he drives the boat very fast. Oh, I wouldn't do that, man. That's why I said this was my, this might be my last podcast. This could be it. It may be brother. This, this is going to be an NFT. I'm just, I'm not.
1: This podcast will be an NFT. It'll be be a non-fungible token podcast. It'll be worth millions and millions of dollars in the future. Cause it'll be the, the last one. Let's, well, let's hope that doesn't happen. But if it does, I'll share it with Megan.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to walk around the boat and check it for scuff marks because there's a chance I may turn around and yell NFT to my crew and say, no fucking Thompson's on this boat. Turn around. <laughs> <laughs> We're not getting on this. I've, I've ridden in the car with pop pop and he'll get that damn N- car N- sideways. N- NFT just took out a whole new meaning. No fucking Thompson's <laughs> seriously. He used to have this jacked up Camaro. Uh, it was like, a, it was the new fast package, whatever. I don't know all the gimmicks, but it's the really hard to find super fast one. And then he went and modded it and spent a whole bunch of like money on engine mods. And so if you just tap the gas, the thing sideways on you in a hurry. So I, I made the mistake of letting him pick me up somewhere when he was driving that one time. And then when I got out, I kissed the ground and I was like, you know what? My fat ass will walk next time. I'm not doing this again. And so now he's like, oh, you got to see the new boat. And I'm like, oh shit. I know where this goes. I'm I got to just check this boat out because those, the, the Camaro, man, it had road rash on every wheel, Lord bless him. <laughs> so I just got to walk around and see, Hey, is he got this? Is he better in the water than he is on land? Let me just walk around here.
1: I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt
0: it. Wherever we're going, we're going to get there very quickly. I bet you are. But I think the move with Ricky is he wants to get the boating out of the way earlier in the day. So that way you can hang out and drink and fellowship, but he is a stickler these days about drinking and driving anything. So if we're going to take a boat tour, it'll probably be 8. A.M. Fine by me before it gets balls ass hot.
1: Right. You or hire a captain to just take care of the boat. So you don't have to worry about that.
0: Well, you know, listen, some people actually like to, Steer the motherfucker, Eric, you know, not everybody lives in the lap of Bischoff (laughs) luxury.
1: Yeah. I dare anybody that's listening to this to spend two weeks in my luxury. You going, what the fuck? Hang on now live there.
0: (laughs) This is the guy who, who also low key says, so yeah, I flew my plane in.
1: Well, I don't have a plane anymore.
0: I get it, but I'm just saying.
1: I had to play when I lived in Scottsdale, in you
0: know, Atlanta. That same guy is the guy said, "Just hire a boat captain to run your yacht, like everybody else."
1: Well, because I know Rick, you know Rick likes to have a cocktail or two, and that way you don't have to worry about it.
0: That's true, and everybody knows uh, the two happiest days in any boater's life are when you buy it and when you sell it. And speaking of no, selling sure. it, look at that handsome devil on the left selling it. Got a polo like you like it. Is that a that's Mickey a, Mickey Mouse Disney
1: polo? polo? too. Yeah. That's a little Mickey Mouse polo. I was so grateful to the folks at Disney that I decided to, you know, do whatever I could to brand them.
0: Yeah, you had Tony Schiavone wearing a, a Disney polo earlier, fresh off the rack. You can still see the folds, and it. it was great.
1: We were pimping ourselves out. Yep.
0: Nothing wrong with we that.
1: Hoas. hoas, Hoas we were. TV hoas.
0: So we just, see saw, have to say. we just saw, we just saw a promo from the NWO or not the NWO, but from the four horsemen and they're of course, talking about the NWO and Hulk Hogan. So again, you've even got the heels. We're bringing WCW together here. Next up, we're going to have uh Craig Pittman and Chris Benoit. Uh, Teddy long is going to be involved here as well. And then sting versus Arn Anderson is our main event. So still some interesting stuff here to come down as we see Bobby trying to hit the reset button. Let's listen to you sort of sell and throw to the next bit. Take a look
2: at this. Lex Luger did go down early in the match last night. And I mean, very early and you'll see some of the the pictures later on that'll really tell the story, but Lex Luger, we still don't know about his condition. We'll try to get that for you. Luger was supposed to be here tonight to take out Chris Benoit. He is obviously not going to make it. Chris Benoit is here. However, let's get down to the ring. Chris Benoit and
3: the pit bull. You're gonna go at it.
0: So Pittman is a replacement for Luger who was stretchered out. We talked about that last week when we broke down the show. It's sort of been lost in the sauce over the years, but people forget that Luger was stretchered out, and Luger obviously is on the babyface side of things. But had he not been stretchered out, then it would have been obvious when Hogan came out, oh Hogan must be the third man. But when Luger goes down and the heels have the advantage. That creates an opportunity for Hogan to come out and fans not necessarily expect that he'll be the third man. And of course, a lot of them did not. Um, we asked earlier when were wrestlers and other companies wanting to jump ship and be a part of the NWO, were you already hearing from guys prior to Hogan or was it after Hogan or once you're up and running and recruiting people with the t-shirts and all that, does it start to light your phone up with people looking for an opportunity?
1: It really started in in terms of what I heard and, you know, people reaching out to me or through other people who were close to me, probably about five or six months later, I think everybody went, wow, that was really cool. Probably didn't think it would last too long. Didn't know if it had legs, didn't know where the story was going to go, because why would they? Neither did we, (laughs) but after about five or six months, then it was like, okay, Maybe this could be fun. Maybe there's opportunity here. Because again, not, not only because of the storyline, but WCW went from <clears throat> a distant number two, not really competitive, in any sense of the real term or meaning of the word competitive to being dominant in a relatively short period of time. And I think once that set in and it was consistent for a couple of months, it kind of changed people. We were less risky. People were more willing to take a risk coming to WCW because we had really turned things around in a way that not many people thought we could or would.
0: Lou has a follow-up question. When did Eric realize how big an angle the NWO was becoming and its impact on the industry, you know, it's one of those things, Eric, where w- when you're living in it, sometimes it's probably hard to see the forest for the trees. You're not so focused on what happened a week ago or a month ago or last quarter as much as you are hey what are we doing this coming tuesday or this monday or this thursday or whatever it is chat me up though when did you have that sorta of, huh this fucking thing's bigger than i thought moment <laughs> probably
1: about 5 or 6 months in yeah you know and again i'm i'm really i try to be careful about painting a picture of oh mrs b i hear Oh, she's here. That was Nikki. Mrs. B come on in. Say hello to everybody.
0: I'll be damned. She came through in
1: the pouring <laughs> rain
0: and there's Nikki and she brought me a beer. Oh my gosh. This is real life. Happy early birthday. Mrs. B. Thank
6: you. Tomorrow's my big day.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. All
1: Thank right. you. You're welcome. I'll, I'll see, see you in, in a bit. Bye. Bye. All right. <laughs>
0: man, you got her to bring you a beer on her 39th birthday. It's remarkable. Isn't that
1: awesome. And, and you got to see Nikki too, that we got the whole family all in one shot. Yeah. In Montana, our daughter's going to be here in a couple hours. I'm going to go pick her up at the airport. I can't wait.
0: I was going to say, get her ass in there. Let's do a whole Bishop family reunion real right fast.
1: Well, let's do it. She's very, she do not want to be on camera though. She doesn't, she does not want to be on camera.
0: So four or five months in, you thought it dawned on you, this was a big event. Yeah. Remember the moment?
1: <clears throat> yeah. I mean, realistically, you know, I, I could sit here and tell you, no, I knew going into the NWO, we had a lightning in the bottle and I was so confident. all those things would make me sound smarter than I really am. I'll leave that up to other, you know, other people could do that kind of shit. I don't do it. I'm telling you the truth. I felt good about the NWO story. I thought it might be a three, maybe a six month story. I had no fucking clue it would be what it became, and I didn't really start to get a sense for that till probably October, November, and and then it was like, wow, this isn't just you know, flash in a pan. This isn't just hot for a minute. This is freaking hot. This is going to change things for a while. But that didn't that I didn't even start. thinking like that till probably October.
0: So we just saw Sergeant Craig Pittman lose. Uh, we saw Teddy long, um, throw the towel in for him. Teddy long has really changed his appearance over the years. Has he not
1: Teddy long is one of my favorite people? And yeah, he's changed his appearance a lot, but you know, he's still he's still got SWE, I think fury down in Texas. That and he's involved in he's
0: doing big stuff.
1: I'm so proud of Teddy. He's. Just there's certain people I miss and I know it doesn't seem like Teddy would be one of them but I used to have so much fun with Teddy back when I was like a third or fourth string announcer and there was no pressure on me at all and Teddy and I would Fridays were our days we, we did the voiceovers and the standups the intros and the outros for a show called uh, TBS Main Event and it was the syndicated version of the cable show so that was Teddy and I would do that. And Bill Tinsley was our cameraman and our floor producer, super guy. And we, you know, we were the least important thing that had to get done every week. So we didn't get done until late Friday. We couldn't get into the studio till late Friday until everybody else getting all their shit done. And then we got the leftovers. So typically we would leave the, you know, the CBS or excuse me, CBS, CNN uh, studios probably around six or seven o'clock on a Friday night. And we'd been doing ins and outs and voiceovers for five or six hours. And we were just beat. And we would go to a little Mexican restaurant. Well, it wasn't little, it was actually pretty big. It was called Casa Gallarda because Mrs. B and I only had one car. We had like a 1986 Olds Cutlass, four-cylinder, piece of shit, brought it from Minnesota when I first got hired, but that was our only car. So Mrs. B would drop me off at CNN center in the morning and I'd work all day. And then she'd come and pick me up at night. On Friday nights, she would meet us, meet, uh, Teddy and I at Casa Gallarda, cause they had these like giant margaritas. They were like huge for four bucks. You know, three of them would just paint you to a wall. But we'd go there. Teddy and I would go there after we were done taping and uh, have Margaret because they were cheap and food was cheap. And we'd have like taco chips and nachos and margaritas at Casa Gallardo. And then Mrs. B would come pick me up around eight o'clock, 8 30. And I was in the tank, He'd drive me
0: home, put me to bed. But it
1: was a fun time. <laughs> you had to be there, I guess. But I miss Teddy. He's cool.
0: Homie, don't play that. And there's uh, Sting and Arn Anderson. Sting is still very much surfer sting. He's got the bright neon colors, the happy guy tights. I think no
1: hair though. No, no, no peroxide hair though. That yeah. was cool.
0: Long, dark hair getting longer than we've ever seen. Do you know why? No, do you know why he's doing a movie.
1: He wanted to do movies. Yeah. I was the executive producer of Sting's very first movie called the real reason men commit crimes.
0: Uh, now I remember that I didn't know that you were the executive on that.
1: Yes, I was. I put it, I put the deal together. It made it happen with Turner, and funded it. Nineteen ninety
0: eight is that, when it was released. I'm sorry. Nineteen ninety eight is when it was released. Yep. It started Bell,
1: before. It started before that. Sting was oh, taking course, acting sure. lessons right around this time. Um, he, he he was working in that direction, but ultimately ended up with. Being in a movie, well, but Sigurd made up his mind. He didn't want to be, he didn't want that blonde hair because it, you can't get a movie, you can't get a TV role with that look. So he wanted more versatility. Look at Arnie Anderson in the shot. I don't know what you're looking at. I'm looking at one hour, 13 minutes, and 50 seconds. Arnie Anderson looks the same today as he did
0: 1996.
1: Yeah, he hasn't gotten any more bald. Well, maybe a
0: little bit. So Ed Corbin played Marty, Adam Boyer played Burton, Steve Borden played Sparky, um, and Leanne bell played Anne. Uh, overall the movie received 7.4 out of 10 based on the 64 ratings on IMDb. But here's the fir- very first user review that I read about this movie. That was Sting's debut that he was getting ready for here to shoot the real reason parentheses, men commit crimes. I saw this film on pay-per-view when it came out. The only reason I ordered it was because sting was in it. And at the time I was a big wrestling fan. Anyway, this film is your basic comedy romance film, but really low budget, bad acting and no story. From what I remember, you got these four guys who all want this same girl and they're doing everything they can to get with her. But that is about as far as the plot goes in this film. Another thing about this film is it proves that wrestlers need to stay in wrestling and not start doing movies. We learned this with Hulk Hogan in the 80s. So, my thoughts on this film is that it's a good thing it never went to video because it really sucks and Sting should stick to wrestling, if anything. I give this one two out of 10. Avoid at all costs. Who's that douchebag?
1: <laughs> oh, who now, is he? What's his name? Let's M- make him famous.
0: Moon Knight 2010.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay an avatar, a gimmick name. Yeah, I mean, look, everybody's got to be a critic, right? Makes them feel smarter, makes them feel worthy. They validate themselves when they're able to write smarmy negative things because that makes them appear to some people at least to be more knowledgeable than everybody else. We all know people like that. Some of them write dirt cheese. It is what it is. And it was a low budget movie, for God's sake. There's nothing wrong with low budget movies. And it was Sting's first movie. And if you were to listen to this, whoever he was, Moon Bag or Moon Dog or whatever the fuck kind of Moon gimmick he is, you know, I guess Dwayne Johnson would have never gotten into the movie business or
0: Batista or John Cena. Hey, let's talk about something important. Here we are in the main event. What do you mean? That was important. Well, this Come is, on. Well, why are we watching this show? All right. All right. All right. No, I'm asking, why are we watching this show in particular? Because it was the first nitro after
1: the most important moment in professional wrestling history in the last 30 years.
0: And he's not on it.
1: Who's not on it? Hulk Hogan. Fucking absence makes the heart grow fonder, man.
0: No, I'm just saying, I think it's interesting that we've teased the entire time. We're going to show you pictures of what happened last night. We've had a lot of different wrestlers talk about it, but we haven't heard from him. He's not on this show.
1: Nor should you uh, have. Colin That's Nasher. what makes there. this shit feel real because you broke, we broke the paradigm. We shattered the formula. We took what was typically done and went, fuck it. We're not doing that anymore. And in the, inter- in, 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 in the process of that. You're building anticipation for another week before you get to hear from Hulk Hogan. When you do hear from Hulk Hogan, it will be a big fucking deal. And instead of just blowing your wad the next night, like a fucking 15 year old kid with his first playboy, we're actually going to have foreplay for three or four weeks. We're going to extend the gratification arc and, and break the paradigm in the process. God, I get a. Hopefully this will be over soon before I have another beer because this is going to get into like a not safe for work environment episode pretty soon.
3: Pardon the interruption, but I wanted to tell you real quickly about two of the best ways to support 83 Weeks. One is to pick up a shirt from ericbischoff.com. Another is to grab a gimmick from boxagimmicks.com. It's the official store of 83 Weeks. Not only does this support the show financially, but you get to show off your fandom to others, helping spread the word about one of the best podcasts around. So check out ericbischoff.com and boxagimmics.com. And thank you for listening to 83 Weeks. Why adfreeshows.com?
2: It's simple it's early and ad free. Why wait for your favorite shows to drop when you can listen as soon as they stop recording? There's no need to wait. You can access it all before anyone else can. Plus, no ads. No one telling you what to bundle or how to keep that man part standing tall. None of that. It's just straight content from all your favorite hosts, including Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Kurt Angle, and the rest of the team. That's not all. You also get immediate access to watching their reactions live on video as well so don't put it off any longer do it now you won't be disappointed start enjoying all the podcasts you love early and ad free at adfreeshows.com
0: no we're good we've only got this last segment we're in our main event by the way the ratings are in for this show of course since happened 25 years ago Uh, raw did a 2.6 the night after bash at the beach nitro did a 3.4 uh which is pretty fantastic throughout the show. You've been promoting that Hulk Hogan will be here next week, but that show actually goes down to a 2.6 and raws down to a 2.2. So I just wanted to bring that up because this show is not happening on the 4th of July. This show is happening. And then you see the uh, outsiders arriving there in their limo. The show aired on July 8th here. So we're a few days removed from the holiday it's a Monday. It's not like it's a holiday weekend. At that point, people took off on the other side of the holiday, but still curiosity is big on the heels of this pay-per-view 3.4. And by the time we actually see Hogan, it's down to a two six. My question is, and I recognize, and they're going to address it here. Hall and Nash momentarily that Hogan is back on the movie set. So, and I think he's working on the three ninjas movie.
1: No, no. Okay. The movie was called Santa with muscles. Okay. Um, I, I only know that cause I had to go to the set about six weeks before this or four weeks before this and talk talk about becoming the third man. It was Santa with muscles.
0: So either way, in hindsight, seeing that the ratings are, are up here, but then down, I mean, going from a 3.4 to a 2.6, that's pretty fucking substantial. And you lose that over the course of a week. Do you think in hindsight, it was a mistake, not having Hogan on the show?
1: Nope. Okay. Nope. no, I think you probably understand this because I think this same type
0: of thing happens to you in your businesses here. They come let's track it. Just for a moment,
4: somebody
1: in the car
2: and sting has got the fight going on inside of the ring. He has no idea. And I'm afraid of what's going to happen if he gets an eye full of these two guys. Hall and Nash making their way. I I guess over the ring. I've lost sight of them here. I have lost sight of them. Sting in the meantime. There they are. There they are. Making their way to the ring. There's only two of them, though. Two count. And now, okay. Sting's not aware they're even here. Sting. This cannot happen to him. Too nice. Security trying to put a stop to this here. Okay, let's see if we can pick this up.
0: So Holland Nash have just come down to ringside. Arn Anderson and Sting have stopped fighting each other. They're both showing their fists and squaring off. Macho Man's joining them on the apron, and there are a ton of WCW security guards, Doug Dillinger's, and then the random guys in t-shirts who are probably there for tryouts. But it's a big hubbub in the ring. Oh, and now we're back to business as Sting is applying the Scorpion Deathlock to Arn Anderson. Let's track it.
5: Look at he's
0: So sting is staring the guys down from the scorpion and now he lets loose. Macho man is trying to get at him. It's a pull apart. It's an interesting looking, Hey, what's going to happen? Everybody, every fan in the crowd is on their feet.
1: I always love pull-aparts. You know, I always believe that once talent actually made contact with each other, the pop is over. By the way, again, I don't know what you're watching, but one of those security guards, he's a shorter guy, stocky, with really well-trimmed sideburns and a mustache kind of half bald. Yeah. His name is Chad Brock. He was a country music singer that came to us through Warner Music. Um never really made it in the music uh world. Although he had an amazing voice and really talented dude, but you know, music is music. But
0: um he's still going, by the way.
1: Is he really? Yeah. He's a great guy. I I met him when he was just breaking in in Nashville and just a super guy. He
0: really wanted to be a wrestler. That was his thing. Let's listen to what Sting has to say here.
4: Very tenuous. They did it again tonight, right in the middle of your match with Arn Anderson. But let's go back to last night. What's your sense of what happened at the Bash at the Beach?
3: I am not at all surprised. What happened last night, I'm not surprised about coming from the two outsiders. But I will say I am very, very surprised at you, Hulk Hogan. But I should have known. I should have known when you were traveling to every town in that big fat limo. I should have known because you didn't want to travel with the Macho Man in Total Package and the Stinger. Uh Uh-uh, you were too busy making big movies and coming in for a little cameo appearance. You were too busy walking on the dark side. I should have known when you referred to the macho man in the total package and me as three little dogs, waiting for a chance to wrestle the great Hulk Hogan. I should have known when I looked into your eyes. But you know something? I made a mistake, but you made a bigger mistake. Because last night, you wiped out and trashed every single little kid, every single person that was a part of your life, that patterned their life after you. You told them to believe in the man upstairs. You told them to say their prayers and to take their vitamins. You told them. Believe in themselves, and you know something, it's a good thing you told them to believe in themselves because they sure as heck can't believe in you. By the way, and last but not least, to put the cherry on the top, all those little kids, you told them to stick it.
4: No, you stick it, Hulk.
3: You
5: stick
4: it. That is very strong. By the way, as fate would have it, these two men and their partner last night, Lex Luger, got knocked out early in the action. So the two of you had to go against the outsiders. Macho Man Randy Savage, you were very close with Hulk Hogan, as I was. You were part of the Mega Powers, and if anybody got it stuck up or stuck, to, well, stuck to him, you got really got it stuck to you. I get a message
5: for Hollywood Hogan. What I want to tell ya, and what I want to do to ya, I can't say you're on television, especially here at Disney. No oh, wait. But you take the worst thing that you can think about, and you multiply it by the number 9 million, and then you multiply it by infinity and beyond. It would be just like one grain of sand in the Sahara Desert, brother, because it's really,
4: really scary what I'm thinking and going to do to you. Yeah. Boy, there is some energy. There is some emotion built up in these bodies, these minds. All of us at World Championship Wrestling still wondering, what happened to Hulk Hogan last night? So
0: we're going to a break. We're going to come back and we're going to hear from you and Bobby. And I think the outsiders are going to show up. What'd you think of, uh, of those promos? I thought that was a really strong promo from Sting, in particular. You know,
1: I almost got a little teared up over that. I, people ask me all the time. We've probably talked about it you know, here. You know, It's 25 years ago. Can you believe it was 25 years ago? And there's like
0: two halves of my brain. Oh, wait, wait, well, let's get back to your two halves. But first gene is here talking to the outsiders. The
4: driver here. Gentlemen, we have things to talk about. What transpired last night at the Bash of the Beach. First, knocking Lex Luger out of action had happened actually at the hands of one of his own men, Sting, Sting and the Macho Man then continuing on. The surprise of the night, we'll see a little bit later, just moments from now, right here on TNT. But you, sir, you and your partner come to this great organization and all of a sudden things start to crumble. But I don't think that trend is going to continue for long, my friend. You know, Gene, I could uh, have to uh, beg to differ with you on that one. You know, I
6: thought tonight after we proved ourselves, you know, WCW last night took a beating. You know, the fans took a beating because the Hulkster told them exactly how it was. You know, Hulk built professional wrestling. These people can't even appreciate that. He and I can. Next week... The third member of the New Order will be here. Hulk Hogan will be at Nitro. And we'll see what these people have to do. We'll see what the, the WCW, what the big boys are going to put up against us. Because last night, I don't know about you, big boy, but uh, I felt like Mike uh, Mark Furman at the At uh,
4: the, the, the OJ Apollo.
6: trial? No, at the Apollo. Oh. I mean, geez, come on. The people <laughs> were rough on us.
4: They had reason to be rough on you. And I'll tell you, one man, if he's not here, he has got to be watching this television program. Hulk Hogan, so many people so disappointed in your actions. I don't know if you coerced him into this or if he did this of his own volition, but nonetheless, it's been done.
6: I just want to start by saying, Chico, that this portion of WCW Monday Nitro brought to you by the Outsiders and Hulk Hogan.
4: I I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Hey, we said
6: we'd do it. We advertised it. Then we delivered. We said we'd kick their butts, and we did it. And we're still the outsiders. We gotta crash the party. You should be begging us to come in the door.
4: You know, somebody made a comment to me this evening that that I might not be working any longer. I'd like to know just what kind of control you guys have here.
6: Gene, you know, scheme Gene. As far as I'm concerned, Chico,
4: you got a job with the new world order. Gentlemen, I will continue to work for Turner Broadcasting. What's the word with Hogan? Where is he tonight?
6: Well, uh, I believe the Hulkster's back on the set uh, doing a movie tonight. Yeah, you know something. What? I heard that Punk, Randy Savage, talking about Hollywood Hulk. Little bit jealous there, Mach. Just a little jealous. And and for Luger, he didn't get hurt. He fainted when he saw us.
4: Thank you, gentlemen. I don't like what I hear. Stay tuned. When we return on nitro, you're going to see what went down. Please at the bash at the beach. Don't go away.
0: What a fucking badass line. He didn't get hurt. He just fainted when he saw us.
1: Wasn't that magic? God. Nobody wrote that. That was just Scott. It's tremendous No magic. Nobody from LA or New York wrote that.
0: That was just Scott. Is this an ill-time therein, show? Therein lies the magic. Is this an ill time show? Since we're still back at the desk with you guys resetting, or is this now what we've been building to? And you're going to show the the still pictures?
1: I'm not sure. what you no, no this is what we've been building to. No, this is the tease. This is there. It is. This is foreplay. This is.
0: Oh, listen to you
1: pimp, pimping on pimping on the street corner in Vegas on a Friday night. This is just getting people apart with their cash.
0: Chat well, me is. up. You said there's like two parts of your brain. You got teary eyed. Listen to Sting's promo.
1: Two parts of my brain.
0: The one part,
1: when I watch this stuff, I feel like it was two lifetimes ago. Like I know I was there, but I just, yeah, it feels like two lifetimes ago. The other part of my brain feels like it was two days ago. Yeah, it's really weird. And when I hear interviews like Randy, that's what tears me. You know, because I still I talk to Hulk every week, and we're, we're very close. I talked to Kevin, you know, we should get Kevin to do, we should, we should invite Kevin on the show. I don't know if he'll do it. He's a crabby bastard. It's kind of hard to get him to sit down.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm I'm in. I like Kevin.
1: No, I like Kevin too, but he, you know, he's a, he's just a particular cat. He's got a lot of shit going on. He may not have time. He's doing movies and stuff. Uh, You know, maybe, who knows, maybe just a maybe, but you know, there's some people that I, you know, DDP, I talk to a lot. Um, but there's certain people like Randy who obviously is you know long since passed, but man, I hear that voice and it brings me back to the two days ago. Yeah. I miss it. I miss Randy. I really do.
0: Let's listen to what you guys are saying here as we close.
2: But I'll tell you what, the things that he said. And the and the people that he said them to, i tell you what he I've never heard, I never would have imagined that. Well, you know, Hogan. he talked about all the charity work he's done. He talked about all his so-called friends in this sport, how he built this sport to a peak. You think all the years that I've been around and everybody else has been here, we've just been riding somebody's coattails? No. The business and the sport has has grown because of people like me and the rest of the people in this sport. Not you, Hogan. Absolutely. Not you. Check the encore presentation tomorrow night. Check your local listings. We'll see you next week.
0: I like Heenan getting good and pissed off.
1: He was good, man. He felt this one.
0: Well, it's kind of like, you know, he's been beating the drum from the beginning about what a scumbag Hulk Hogan is. So he's finally gets to go. I told you it's great. And we're going to be back next week, doing some pretty great stuff. I'm really happy with uh, what we're doing and, and sort of marching down uh, these different topics. Uh, I do want to continue with next week's nitro, but listen, if you think you can phone a friend and maybe snag a big fish, you know, we just got Scott Hall. He was our medium surprise. Well, if we could get the, the big bang on the phone, I think that would be uh that'd be pretty fun here for 83 weeks.
1: It's a challenge that I will accept. I, I can't promise anything, but I will accept the challenge.
0: We got a lot of other fun stuff uh, planned to come in your way too. Let's briefly tease you with. Some of the big things we got coming, including ask Eric, anything clash of the champions, 33. We're going to break down the whole kiss experiment. Uh, we're also going to be watching Halloween havoc, 1994. At some point, we'll talk about bound for glory. Uh, we're going to be covering Bobby Heenan. Uh, we've got a couple more special guests that we've at least reached out to. We are going to make the most of 1996 and celebrating the 25 year anniversary of the NWO and. I hope you guys have, uh, dug what we did today. And, uh, if you haven't already wish Mrs. B a happy birthday online and Eric, I'm going to let you get back to your brisket and your, uh, your Miller light. You're drinking the, uh, the brand of Kings there today. And I'm glad to hit well. And PBR of course, we're big PBR people too.
1: I love PBR. I love PBR. I love my Miller light. I'm going Miller light. Normally I'm a Coors Light guy, but. I drank all that. So anyway, thanks Conrad. I hope you had a great, uh, 40th birthday. I hope you had a great fourth. Be careful in the fucking boat. I can't <laughs> afford
0: to lose you. I got a ways to go before I can afford to lose you. Oh gosh. I love so, it. Be careful. We're going to be, be careful. careful and we're going to have a great week and we hope you guys do too. And we'll be back next week with another 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff. Okay. If you've listened to this show for very long, by now, you know what you're thinking, I hate Steven singer too, and you're darn right. You do because we've told you loudly and proudly that he is one of our favorite people to do business with, and he's going to be yours too. But unfortunately he eliminates all of the excuses. Here's what I mean. Finding that person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great, but man, do we hate all the pressure of what's next. Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure from actually shopping for a ring, hassle, haggling, finding a store to trust, trying to figure out what the heck the four C's are, discounts, sales, coupons, styles, and all the other nonsense. It's overwhelming, but at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged. That's why skies really hate steven singer he takes away every excuse in the book for not buying the ring and he makes it so easy i hate steven singer steven singer is a philly jeweler and icon that's been making it too easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades he specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts real jewelers real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. No call center, no sales, no haggling, no codes or discounts, just the best possible price, guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check Steven out at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Always with fast and free shipping. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. All right, real quick, before we get out of here, I got to say it one last time. I want to save you money. Stop what you're doing and rush over to savewithconrad.com. This is going to be the best summer ever. Just ask Miguel in Plainsville, Ohio. He left us a five-star review at conradreviews.com. And it said this big, thank you to Conrad and his team. I enjoyed my experience working with first family mortgage. Jimmy was there. Anytime I had any questions, he was just a text message away saving money and refinancing my home couldn't have been any easier miguel seven a whole bunch of cash and you can too right now you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket and if we can't save you some cash we won't waste your time but i do want to mention this isn't just for refinancing maybe you've outgrown your current home or you're tired of throwing your money away on rent first family mortgage can help you get into your next house fast and easy at savewithconrad.com nmls number 65084 equal housing lender and oh yeah, no house payments for two months. Come on, let's make this the best summer ever. With a little summer vacation from house payments. Let's save withconrad.com.
5: NMLS number 65084 Equal Housing
2: Lender. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together,